Smartcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to The Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by The Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi, CEO and founder, and I am honoured to bring you the stories of those who create change through paying it forward and giving back. Ethical business owners and holistic healers who are determined to create collective change in the world. Once we have a change in consciousness and through collective change, we can become one. When my naturopath recommended I go organic, I found it a bit daunting at first. Then when I found the right places for organic produce and products, I felt like I was home. Sometimes it can be difficult to get everything organic, but starting is the easiest part and it just flows from there. So when it came to the choice of choosing an organic coffee, I didn't find it too difficult. The coffee I found was fair trade, which really means a lot. You'll find that out in this episode. It was organic, it was a Queensland company, and it was also socially conscious. Oh, did I mention the coffee's delicious too? So, my choice was Montfort Coffee. And from day one, I was hooked. I was a bit chuffed to get the chance to speak to founder Karen Barnett about their story and how they are one of the few B Corp certified coffee companies in Queensland. The more I got to chat with Karen, the more I could see her mission unfold and the impact they make locally and globally. So the next time you see a pack of Montfort coffee, grab one, give it a go. You're not just supporting a Queensland company, you're also behind a global movement. So, let's talk coffee and global domination with Karen Barnett. Welcome, Karen, to The Ethical Evolution. Thank you, Vindi. It's really a delight to be here and to actually see you face-to-face. Yes. <laughs> now, you're on the Sunshine Coast and uh, you're from the lovely Montfort Coffee, which I love. Um, can you tell us um, the, about your background and how Montfort Coffee came about? I'd love to. So I'm a teacher by um, profession. Mm-hmm. And when I was when I was a young teacher, I had a an experience, well, many experiences, but one was that my mother became a peace activist. And that really started to open my eyes to how um, all of us have a role to play. She was a doctor, had done her medical degree while we were in primary school, and then um, started to use that knowledge about human health and 
and the response of doctors to the threat of nuclear war. And there really was no response. And so she um, became a peace activist, which really, I think, had a very profound effect on me as a young person, thinking about what is the trajectory that my professional career could take? Because she could have been a highly effective medical practitioner and, you know, have, you know, have, have done things in her community, but she actually leveraged that to have a profound effect on, on the direction that the world has taken. And so I think that had a big effect on me as a young person to think about as a teacher, what is my, like, what is my bigger responsibility? And is there something profound that I could do? Yeah. Wow. That's inspiring. What a mum. What a mum. <laughs> oh, we should all have a mum like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then so you were a teacher and how did how do we end up at Montville Coffee? So my te- my students used to tease me that it didn't matter what the subject area was, I would teach social justice. So I yeah. could weave social justice into anything. And Eventually, my husband and I were ready for a change, and he's Australian from the Sunshine Coast, and we wanted to move to the Sunshine Coast from Canada with our two little children. And we thought that was a really wonderful opportunity to take a a change in the direction of our careers and to start a small business together. And so then we thought about, well, what do we want to do? And we said, well, it's actually not really the product that is so interesting to us. What is interesting to us is what is the role of business in social change and how can business leaders um, have an effect on the communities in which they live and, and maybe broader than that. So at that stage, we really just had a question. We had no idea. Wow. And um, so looking at the way you do um, business now at Montful Coffee, what is, is your mission behind Montful Coffee? So our mission has really grown and changed. So I'll tell you what it is now, currently, <laughs> yeah. based on the the world and our experience and the in a sort of, of what we're thinking about. And I think that that's something that's really important is now that we've been in business 20 years, just to really realize that um, your vision and your mission change constantly yeah. to respond to other things that are going on. Mm. And so right now we're really thinking about um, – about unity and how we need to reconceptualize our our understanding of power. Mm. Because one of the real challenges that we're facing in the world now is that um, we see power as power over or as something that is that has um, that is finite, that I have to cling to. And therefore um, it is in the world, in business and in other ways contributing just that mindset is contributing to um, serious social and environmental challenges and so what we're really interested in now as a business is what about if we saw power as an infinite capacity of of humanity and that our role is actually to to release more and more power and to see um the more that we work together and the more that we see power as limitless, the more that we can collaborate with others who we would never think to collaborate with and do things in ways that have never been imagined. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) That's such an amazing way to look (laughs) at it. I've never heard anybody put it that way. That's amazing. Well, I was interested when you were reading your bio and and your idea of oneness and that – that is 
the strong, strong belief that I have. But mm. I think our challenge is moving from a culture of protest or a culture of knowing that we want something different to actually doing the really, really hard work day after day mm. of trying to create what that might be. And that process is a learning process. Yeah. So it's one of um, gathering as much information from as many different sources as possible, realizing that you only have one tiny piece of the truth. And so you have to hear multiple perspectives and go to places that you may not necessarily have thought in the beginning in order to, to gather information and then take a step forward based on the best information that you have and then stop to evaluate and reflect and think about, you know, is this, um, is this actually moving us towards unity? Is it moving us towards oneness? If so, let's do more of that. Let's mm. do more of that. If it's not, if I've fallen into protest or I've fallen into competition, I can step back and rethink. But I think this thinking of ourselves as learners and seeing that this is a a journey of generations mm. towards the oneness of humanity, this vision. Yeah. Um, then we don't get so overwhelmed. And then we also don't sort of get caught up in success or failure. Yeah. And that's a really interesting way to look at it with, you know, the, the generations. Um, a lot of conversations I've been having with people were saying that the next generation coming is is going to have it nailed, you know, like they, as far as the environment and, and sustainability goes, um, you know, they're, they're, that's top of mind for them. And I think the world's in a much better place in their hands. Mm-hmm. Would you but agree? It wasn't ours too. Like yeah. we did, well, I think every generation has a particular role to play and our kids wouldn't be doing what they're doing. My kids are in their mid-twenties. Mm. They wouldn't be doing what they were doing if it wasn't for what our generation did True. and what my parents' generation did. You know, we each, because society is progressive and um, growth and transformation have to build on something. They don't mm. come from nowhere. Absolutely. So... I think that it's really exciting and extraordinary what young people are able to harness. Yeah. But it, you know, it it is a generational um, place that they are at. It they haven't come out of nowhere. No, we set a foundation. Hope because yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly, and they're having children now, which mm. is which is really exciting because that's the next generation that will carry us further forward. Yeah. So let's talk coffee. I love the uh, Sunshine Coast blend uh, that Mm -hmm. uh, you have. Where do your coffee beans come from and uh, what's the difference you make in sourcing your coffee? So we made a decision that we would only roast organic fair trade coffee, Mm -hmm. which was problematic when we started a coffee roastery in 2000 because Organic coffee was only just available as green bean in Australia and fair trade wasn't in Australia yet. But having come from Canada, we saw that this was really the direction that, Mm -hmm. um, that coffee was going, coffee, chocolate, cocoa, all the commodities. And so we started with just two, um, origins and then, and then built on that. So currently we source our coffee from 10 cooperatives. Mm -hmm. Coffee grows in a band around the equator And we have always sourced from the same cooperatives if possible. So there's a couple of cooperatives that we have bought from for over a decade. And we do that because we see that the purpose of us being in coffee and not something else is in order to assist communities 
with their with their own development. So mm. to use economic development, to use trade, to use long-term relationships as ways for communities to build capacity and to start to leverage their own resources. Mm. And in some um, cultures and, and countries uh, where uh, coffee and chocolate is, is sourced, there, there's quite a few uh, issues around uh, labour and, and slavery and those kind of things, aren't there? Yeah, and that is something that is always front of mind for us. And so that's why we have stayed with fair trade mm. for 20 years is because my the more that I get to know the way that fair trade operates and is changing with the um, with more science with as development happens, fair trade is is really putting in place a global framework to address social issues yes. and to address labor issues, gender issues which other organizations are able to leverage off, which is the whole point. Mm. So the point is, is that fair trade will become universal, but there will always be another frontier. Yeah. And I think that's um, something that I think needs to grow in awareness um, as consumers, what to look out for when we're buying coffee or chocolate. And I know I buy a lot of organic products, which is one of the reasons why I buy your coffee. But um, the fair trade um, is really important for a lot of reasons. And I think it's something we need to look out for on packaging when we're buying those kind of products. I agree. And I think third-party certification Yep. is really important at this time in history mm. when we are so bombarded with greenwashing and when mm. it's so easy to say one thing and to do another. And really the trust that we have is often embedded in third-party certification. So we don't waver from that. We are certified organic. We are certified fair trade. We are certified B Corp. And it's a very transparent system as well as, as, as that, though, as well as the guarantee for the consumer, it's also building a really strong community of businesses that are able to learn together. Mm. And so that is that is another really strong benefit of, of supporting these certifying organizations. Yeah. And just having those certifications, you know, as you were saying, I was just thinking, man, what a great way to do business because you know, you're not only one, you're doing your business, you're doing business for good, you're giving back and you're not making a huge impact um, in the way that you do it in, in a negative way. Um, and you did mention um, your B, oh, can't speak today, your B Corp certification. Um, what does that mean to you and what impact does it have uh, for you? We, we became a B Corp because we really were hungry for a business-to-business community. Yeah. And when we started our business, there really wasn't anyone else in our region doing what we were trying to do. So it, we weren't able to have robust conversations about how can you be financially sustainable and um, be a business that is really focused on on positive social and, and environmental impact. And that conversation really wasn't going on. So for we found it somewhat in in the fair trade association mm -hmm. but where we really have found that conversation is amongst other b corps and because of the because of the openness and the um just the the vision with which companies come into b corp they're very generous mm -hmm. so it's it's possible to reach out to B Corps really anywhere in the world 
with a question mm. and it could be a, a, you know, a B Corp that's much larger than us, but it's, it's very possible to reach out and say, you know, here's something that we're struggling with. I see that, you know, it looks like you have learned about this. Can you share what, you know, where you're at or what, or what you're learning? So yeah. for us, that is the most important thing about B Corp. It really isn't in the consciousness yet of consumers, mm. but amongst yeah. businesses who are committed to it, it's it's been extremely valuable. Yeah, and um, you know, I've, I've as I said to you, I've spoken to a few people about B Corp, and I'm actually going through the process of registering myself. And it it is Great. it is quite a, a bit of a process, um, but I think it is just so mind blowing what you go through, and and it helps you look at the way that you do business. Um, but yeah, wow, the impacts and and the network that uh, is part of that B Corp I've heard mm. is is as you said, very invaluable and actually helps spread that collective change. And I think that that's worth gold, really. It is worth gold. And B-Lab, that's who you do the certification through. It's free. So if you want to just do the the actual um, uh, assessment, Mm. it doesn't cost anything to do the assessment and you can see where you stand. But if you're looking at your business the assessment is is really looking at every single aspect of a sustainable, well-governed organization. So it's really worth just going through the process. It's like applying for an award, you yeah. know, <laughs> answering those questions is the most important thing of the process. Yeah. And it just sort of helps you align yourself a little better if you're, you're not quite there. I think, um, yeah, it just, I think if any business is considering it, they should really give it a crack because um, it just changes everything. It changes your mindset on on how you do everything, really. Absolutely. We first did the the assessment and then realised that it was it was still out of our out of our capacity to actually be able to follow through. So then it was about two years later when we right. when we you know followed through yep. and applied for for certification. Yeah. Awesome. So what are your sustainable development goals? That's such a great question. And we are really excited that we align our business to the sustainable development goals and really look at what what is the role of our business as a coffee roaster, as a as a um, sort of an intermediary between customers and coffee drinkers in Australia to understand what are the challenges at origin. So really our goals are the ones that are aligned with alleviation of poverty and um, uh, sustainable farming yeah. and protection of water sources and um, gender equality. And those are the ones where through our work with the Fair Trade Association and through our work with 10 cooperatives, we're really able to learn about their challenges and then and then see what are what are steps that we can take through scaling our own organization through our marketing through through our our conversations that can um, that can have an impact on those ten cooperatives that's really where we're focused because it's in the coffee growing regions where they're at you know they're at the they're at the mercy mm. of a changing climate they're at the mercy of economic global economic um, conditions mm. so it's it's really really rewarding work and I just published a um, 
uh, social media post in the last couple of days about women and science. I don't know if you know, but um, the 10th of November is Open Science Day or World, it's UNESCO's World Science Day. Yep. For um, I didn't realize that. But then when I was looking at these most recent photographs we have of Papua New Guinea with the women using um, scientific methods to look at the quality of their coffee. And yep. when we were there five years ago, you know, we couldn't even really... Um, have conversations with the women coffee growers. Yeah. It was, you know, and now they're they're fully involved in the workshops. So that's that's an extraordinary change in five years. Yeah, that's incredible. And I just I did see you post it actually. Just I just remembered it now. So yeah, that's amazing. That shift. I think that's just incredible. And you know, another thing that I've that seems to be a common theme in in these uh, conversations is uh, women in those developing countries are really starting to step up and and um, get noticed. And I think um, you know that's where we start to see that change. You know, thinking how close we are, not just to universal education, but universal education of of the girl child. Mm. That's an extraordinary change. That, yeah. You know, if you look at human history and you look at how rapidly, you know, it's only been a few short decades since that idea was even, you know, thought of that universal education was important and then that the universal education of girls. And and now it's, it's really understood globally that if you um, educate a girl, it has profound yeah. impact on, on the community. And and on families. And, and we're really seeing that. We're seeing the effects of that. And through their um, capacity and interest in the sciences, particularly yeah. in, in, in these communities. It's yeah. really exciting. It's so good to see that ripple effect. I just, I just love it. Now, um, I, I know I'm going on about your coffee a lot, but I really do love it. Um, you guys seem to be changing your direction uh, around pairing food and coffee and I've seen some of your recipes on your website, which I've got to give a go. Um, where are you going with the, the whole foodie choice for coffee? So in the last few years on the Sunshine Coast, a food and agribusiness network has started and it's part of the Sunshine Coast Council's um, economic development plan and food and agribusiness is is seen as one of the really high value industries on the Sunshine Coast. So it's a collaboration between Sunshine Coast government and industry and the university is to establish a really, really strong cluster of food and agribusinesses. Mm. So we got involved with them early on in the in the organization and really found that we had found are, you know, the people that we really love to be with. So we then looked at who we are as a coffee business. And we've always seen ourselves as a friendly coffee business. We're not into having people think that this is too hard or that you can't do it or, you know, that it's, you know, that there's something particularly difficult about making a good cup of coffee. It's just science and it's just, you know, time. Mm. So we then really started to think that we are the foodie's choice of coffee. We are the social lubricant. We are the, we are the coffee that allows collaboration and great conversations to happen. We're not, you know, we're not assertive in your face. We are, you know, we are the foodie's choice of coffee. So that's how all of that started. And then we started to investigate this food and, and coffee pairing. And that has been part of what we've been doing in the last year. I love it. It's like you're elevating coffee to a wine status. 
I love it. Mm. <laughs> and mm. social lubricant, I love that one. Um, now, what has been your biggest challenge in the work that you do and how did you overcome it? Something that has been weighing on my mind mm. is what, you know, if I really truly believe in unity and I really believe in in rethinking conceptions of power, what's my relationship then to the other coffee roasters on the Sunshine Coast? And if I see them as competitors, that is not congruent with mm. the worldview that I espouse. Mm. So a group of us got together and started to talk about how could we um, work together in order to um, leverage our expertise, leverage our marketing, leverage um, our, our, you know, our, our freight needs, whatever it was, yeah. and start to talk about if we worked together as a, a group of, of coffee roasters, what would be possible for the Sunshine Coast? And then we set ourselves this really lofty goal that the Sunshine Coast would be the coffee drinking um, um, place in Australia, that this would be the destination. Wow. And so, but to, to, to overcome my fear and to overcome my own sort of sense of, of you know, that, you know, they're not going to, answer my call if I reach out to them you know (laughs) that was really really hard Mm. but now what because we did and because there's now nine coffee roasters who work together yeah and what it's done is it's actually opened all of us up to possibilities of other kinds of collaborations that we would not have have um, Mm. thought of and it and it just it's it's to me that is that has been a another step towards this rethinking competition you know it's not that we don't still all have our own businesses but really I'm competing with myself you know I'm competing with myself to do our business as best as possible yeah and to do it in a in an environment in a community where all of us are trying to do that just elevates the whole region yeah and that oh that is such a great way to do it and you know as you were explaining that I I had two things coming into my head and one was um, I always have this saying that collaboration is the mother of innovation and I think when you bring uh, all those people together it's going to give you opportunity to innovate as well in in that sector Um, and the other is you know when we come together you know one person can move a stone but together we can move mountains and I just think wow Sunshine Coast has got it all going on. I think you're right. And I think that is where sometimes you you don't think that you can actually do that with, with people in your same industry. Yeah. And to have discovered that that works anywhere was was a surprise, but it's also opened us up to to more ideas about innovation and yeah. about collaboration. Yeah. That's and it's such a great model. I think that a lot of industries should follow. Um, so I'd like to know um, what being ethical means to you in your business. What's your definition of being ethical? So it doesn't matter how ethical I am if my team cuts corners. Mm. So creating a business environment where there's high, high, high trust. 
and where everyone knows that it's okay to make a mistake and that we will all work together to strengthen whatever the system was or, you know, whatever happened, that then creates an environment where ethical behavior is possible. But if people don't feel safe and if they don't feel supported and if they don't feel, and if they feel like they're going to be penalized, then it's really, really hard to create a business that is ethical in every single aspect. Mm. So I would say that that is for us, that has, as we've grown, embedding that into our, um, into our thinking and into our culture has been the most important way to ensure that as we grow our ethical um, stance, you know, is, is continues to be embedded. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really important because I can, I can just see you guys growing bigger and bigger. So um, yeah, mm. that's, that's really important to get in at the ground level on, I think. Um, and talk about things like what is truthfulness? What mm, is trustworthiness? What yeah. does it mean in a situation? What, you know, and, and to talk about it all the time yeah. because it's not something we talk about in society and mm. often it's a relative thing. Well, you're truthful except when or you're trustworthy except in this situation. Yeah. And we actually, we make that visible in, in our business and say, well, actually, we, we want to be able to be truthful all the time, trustworthy yeah. all the time. How do we create an environment and a culture so that everybody feels confident in, in acting in that way? Yeah, it's almost like a, a bit of an authenticity, isn't it? Um, you know, mm. making sure that you're that all the time. Um, so what are your future plans for paying it forward and expanding um, your mission uh, with Montfort Coffee? Our goal is that all of the coffee growers that we purchase from are able to sell all of their coffee into the fair trade market. Yep. So what happens right now is the market for fair trade coffee is not growing as quickly as the supply of fair trade coffee. And yep. it's because the coffee growers are at origin, they're realizing the benefits. Mm. And so it's so, um, it, it, it's just making such a difference to their lives that more and more cooperatives are becoming part of the fair trade system, yep. which is meaning that they have better quality of the coffee and, you know, all of these benefits. But the challenge is, is that the growth of fair trade coffee globally is not happening right. as quickly. So a lot of their coffee is being sold at conventional prices and then they don't receive the fair trade premium. Mm. And the fair trade premium is what roasters pay the cooperatives and the cooperatives use that however they they see fit yeah um so that's so our goal is that all of these 10 cooperatives reach a stage where all of their coffee is going into the is being sold as fair trade coffee and they're receiving the fair trade premium on all of their product yeah wow so it's it's really just making sure that we can make that fair trade market bigger and um have that full effect yeah it is, and it's a lot about education because it, you can't fit the fair trade story in a soundbite mm. because it's about grassroots democracy. It's about capacity building. It's about so much more than the price of a coffee. Mm. And, and so it's, very, it's a complex system, 
And so it, it takes quite a bit of thinking to yeah. understand why is it different from other systems that that are out there. Mm. And, you know, uh, when you go to a, a coffee shop or, or anything like that and, you know, the, they talk about fair trade coffee and things like that, you, you kind of get a feel-good moment when you do buy it. But I don't think people completely understand what that means when they, they're actually buying their cup of coffee. And I think, yeah, I think we've all got a role to play in that education, I think. Mm, I agree. Yeah. Um, so how can we support you and the greater good you do and get involved in what you do up there in Montreal Coffee? Um, I think you're doing it already. You're, <laughs> you know, I think every one of us are, needs to find our life's purpose mm. and we need to find how our particular capacities and interests and skills and talents you know, and use them mm. and, and make sure that we are, are doing what we can because the challenges that we're facing as humanity are complex and are going to take every single person contributing in the way that they can. And so there's no one answer. There's, it's not a political solution, although governments have a part to play, communities do, individuals do, businesses do. And I think um, you know, we've found a path through through coffee and you found a path through media. And I think every one of us just needs to support each other and keep keep acting and yeah. stay hopeful. You know, we're going to make it through this. We have to stay really hopeful and just see this as really complex challenges, which humans love. We love complex challenges. Yeah. That has to be the best answer I have ever got for that question. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> um, now, I really love this next question and I, I'm really curious to see what your answer is going to be. Um, what's the change you'd like to see in the world and how can we bring it to life? I would like to see the end of prejudice. Mm. Because... It is prejudice that leads to conflict, that leads to suspicion, that mm. leads to imbalance. It leads to lack of compassion and empathy. And But prejudice is something that we all have to be so conscious of um, rooting out of our own hearts because it's there. It's there. And so we, it takes incredible vigilance to to be thinking about, oh, wow, you know, like, what are my prejudices? Is it race? Is it class? Is it gender? Is it age? What, you know, what ideas do I carry that I really need to investigate so that I can contribute fully to the unification of humanity? Because if I'm not looking inside myself, if I'm looking outwards or blaming others and saying, oh, that person, you know, mm. then um, you know, it, when it comes to prejudice, the only person that I can change is myself. Yes. And so I think that, that, that as we understand more, as we see ourselves more as one, then that is, and as we learn to eradicate prejudice from our hearts, that is going to have a profound impact on the planet and on all of humanity. Oh man. I love that. You are amazing, Karen. I love that. 
Um, and that, that, you know, leads to the collective change that I constantly go on about. So um, thank you for that. That was amazing. Now, if people want to get your coffee and enjoy it as much as I do, where can they go? Montvillecoffee.com.au. Awesome. Thank you so Sign much. Sign up for our subscription. Yes. And then, you know, then we can forward plan. Then we know that we can buy more contracts from these 10 cooperatives mm, yes. if we if we can forward plan. So it makes a big difference. All right. We'll share that through the Ethical Change Agency so that people can uh, sign up and we can get this ball rolling. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me on The Ethical Evolution, Karen. You have been an absolute joy. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Ethical Evolution podcast. If you're an ethical business owner, change maker or holistic healer who's determined to make a change in the world and you need support to spread your message, visit ethicalchangeagency.com to collaborate. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.